You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Uh, standing out here on a golf cart at. Uh, at Nazarene University for Bears training camp. Uh, with you, as always, editor of Winnie City Gridiron, Bears beat writer for the Rock River Times, Robert Siglinski. I'm pleased to be joined by NBC Sports Chicago gracious J.J. Stankovitz for doing this. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, the the setup here is great. We got a computer very, on the back of a golf cart. It's a very cart. high production value, as I was telling J.J. This is, this is state of the art. It's training camp, so who cares? This is the grind. This is yes. The grit. This is the grit. Um, we are going to recap the last few days of Bears camp, look ahead to Bears Bengals, uh, and I wanted to start with Mitch Trubisky looking noticeably more comfortable the last few days. The offense seeming to – they had a rough start to camp. They were mm-hmm. a little bit inconsistent, some turnovers. last few days they seem – I mean, I know that it really wasn't much today for a close practice. Right. But they seem to be getting into sync. They seem to be finding a rhythm finally. Yeah, Robert, I think it's starting to really slow down for Mitch uh, in terms of the – not just the Bears bringing Trubisky along, but they're starting to slow the install phase of this a little bit. And I think that's kind of important to note here is that, you know, listening to Mark Helfrich talk last week, he said that the install phase of things for Mitch is like he'll go into a, a, a practice, into a rep, and have no idea what's coming, what's going to come into his headset. The Bears are going to slowly start working away from that into more game planning where it'll be tailoring the offense to Mitch's strengths, tailoring it to the defense that they'll be going up against. And it should slow down for Mitch at that point. He should be better with that because they'll be sort of out of the trial and error phase of trying to figure out what Mitch can do and what he can't do. Once they figure out what he can do, then I think we're going to really see this offense take off down here in Bourbon A. But it's always good to see Trubisky have these practices where he is being successful while they still are kind of figuring some things out because that means that the coaches are doing the right things to get Mitch to be successful with the plays that they're calling. How much did we, how much should we have attributed maybe the defense being farther along, just understanding more of their responsibilities than the offense just being outright bad? Um, Yeah. I I think, I think that that was the easy assumption to make. It's bared out. I I think that's a totally fair assumption. I mean, this is a defense that literally because Roquan Smith isn't here is playing pretty much the exact same players that played for it last year. And, that, you know, it's year four of Vic's defense. The guys know it well. Uh, they're well-versed in it. And the guys who are there, I mean, literally, you look across that defense and it's like there's no one new here. So, of course, the defense is going to be ahead of the offense to start out. And then you throw in the install part of the whole thing. And, you know, some surprises coming to the offense. Mitch still working on his timing with some guys. Um, it was inevitable the defense was going to be ahead. And I think now we're starting to see the offense catch up a little bit. How much do you think guys like Trey Burton that have been involved in this? I know he talk, I'm, I mentioned him because he talked to us today, but it's just been noticeable how he's kind of been that security blanket, how he's been the guy that's um, probably getting everybody really involved and really understanding the offense doing. I thought it was really interesting that uh, I, I had a chance to talk to Ryan Nall last week before the Hall of Fame game. Me too. And, yeah, hey, uh, Ryan Nall, yeah. 
Um, and he, yeah, well, yeah. Um, but he, he said that uh, he sits behind Burton in the meeting rooms and Burton hit, will kind of turn around to him, you know, and give him some direction on a play when they're watching film, you know, say, hey, you know, on this play, you should set yourself here. You should be here. Just like those little tips. And I mean, and that's Trey Burton, a guy who's signed a four year, thirty two million dollar contract, turning around to an undrafted rookie who was a really difficult climb to make this team and trying to help him. And I think that is that's part of who Burton is, because Burton's been there before as the guy who is way down on the depth chart as an uphill climb to make the team. I think that gives him a really interesting perspective to help out a lot of the other guys on this team and turn him into a leader. He's a very well-respected guy in this team already. And like you said, Robert, on the field, he's a security blanket for Trubisky. Eddie Jackson said he's a really fluid route runner. He's not like most tight ends that he's faced. And I mean, Eddie Jackson went up against OJ Howard every day in college practice. So he's a guy who does have some experience facing a pretty darn good tight end. Um, uh, you know, if you're looking at guys to be excited about down here in Bourbon A, yeah, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller right at the top of that list. You mentioned Roquan Smith. Um, I kind of – we should note that uh, his holdout is now old enough to drink in days, well, 22 days. So it's technically – Multiply it by 365. Yeah, you can you can make a Taylor Swift song about it now. He's, uh, he's 22. Um, so – it seemed to me that Matt Nagy's a little frustrated about it. It seemed to me that just based on his response, um, how maybe you could spin it out however you want. I, I don't want to make – I'm not making something out of nothing. It just seems mm-hmm. to me that he's getting more uh, more testy about I, it. And maybe, and maybe that reflects the organization too at this I point. Think, I think he's getting just more – there's nothing new to report. Yeah. We have to ask him about it because if there is something new to report and we don't ask him about it, then we haven't done our jobs. But, I mean, you can tell he's getting kind of sick of the questions. And – why wouldn't he be his goal? And like he said today, I thought it was a, a perfectly fine answer when he was asked about, you know, being worried about Roquan Smith being ready for the regular season. He's like, look, I'm only worried about the guys who are here. Roquan Smith isn't here. So I can't really concern myself with him. And I think that is, that's how every coach would approach this thing. I'm sure behind the you know closed doors, he's frustrated that, the real only major addition to this defense isn't on the field, especially because the only other major addition to this defense, Aaron Lynch also is not on the field. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Vic Fangio is, is probably a little frustrated with it. I mean, these guys, they're human. You want a guy as talented as Roquan Smith to be here. They, they had a taste to see him in OTAs and minicamp and everything, you know, Glenn Pyers said it today, everything that Roquan Smith did then was positive. And now he's missed out on, what, 13, 14 practices of reps plus a game. Um, Ultimately, that's not good. And it may not have a major impact on his career. It may not have a minor impact on his career. But in this moment, in this bubble right now, this is a problem for the Bears. The good news is that Nick Kwiatkowski's practiced really well. So at least you have, you can go into, if the Bears were to go into the season with Kwiatkowski and Danny Trevathan as their starting inside linebackers, I think they'd feel pretty comfortable with that. But we also been hearing about this defense wanting to go from good to great. And I don't think they go from good to great without Roquan Smith in there. So ultimately, they're going to need to find a way to get him into camp, whether that's Roquan Smith saying to his agents, look, I got to well, be there. At this or the- point, he's going to miss camp. I mean, camp only has three. Okay, get, get him into practice. Then. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, unless something happens in the next couple of days and he gets here on Saturday for that night practice. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's going to miss camp. And you can't replace the reps that you lose. I think, you know, that's definitely something that's 
said by everyone here. On the other hand, talent makes up for a lot. Yeah. And Roquan Smith has a lot of talent. So as much as everyone wants him to be here, I still don't know if I'm in the position, if I were a Bears fan, that I would be panicking about Roquan Smith right now. That's the thing. That's the talent. You mentioned Nick Bakowski having a good camp, him showing out a little bit. Um, there's a reason the Bears drafted Roquan Smith. Yeah. He's he's a better he's a better he's a more talented player than Kwiatkowski. For as much as Kwiatkowski looks like he's improved, Roquan Smith. I mean, Nick Kwiatkowski is not going to keep Roquan Smith off the field for long. Maybe a game or two, depending right. on when this holdout ends. Um, and like you said, I'm, I I just wonder the impact of 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 him. Uh, you know, potentially missing a few games. Are they? I mean, it depends on how you view them. Are they an eight and eight team with him and a mm-hmm. six and ten team without him? I mean, because we're get we're get we're entering that right. conversation where we can start talking about this. What do you think? Let me let me try to think about that. That would be if they if that was the difference. I'm you not know, saying if, necessarily if, that difference, right? But, but I'm, I mean, you know, you look at like ba- baseball is the sport that has wins above replacement, mm-hmm. right? And you can look at a guy and you can say Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, and he's a nine win player. So, you know, that's not necessarily a difference between a team winning, you know, 81 games and a team winning 90 games, but it's pretty close. For Roquan Smith to be worth two wins in a 16-game season, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, if you extrapolate that out to Major League Baseball, that'd be a 20-win player. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's not apples to apples at all, but, you know, just trying to think about it that way. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Roquan Smith is the difference between the Bears being 8-8 eight and 6-10. Eight and six and 10. But he might be the difference if you're looking at nine and seven, ten and six. If, a top fifteen defense versus a top right. ten defense like, again. You know, you you drill down a little more, and maybe it's the difference between getting a stop on Aaron Rodgers late in the game against Green Bay and not getting a stop on Aaron Rodgers late in the game in Green Bay. Maybe that's what Roquan Smith will be. That being said, I, I think talent talent trumps all, kind of like I was saying earlier, and unless Roquan Smith misses like every single practice going up to the regular season, um, I think he'll be fine. It may be a slower start for him. It may impact the Bears in week one against Green Bay if this thing doesn't get done in the next week or 10 days or so. But for right now, I'm still not hitting the panic button on the whole thing just because he, he still is so talented He's smart. Everyone says he asks the right questions. He knows who to follow. You know, Danny Trevathan and him will be attached at the hip as soon as he gets here. Um, I think that he'll probably be fine, but get back to me in a week, and I might change my opinion on that. Talking Bears training camp with NBC Sports Chicago's J.J. Stankovitz here on WCG Radio. Robert Siglinski, follow me on Twitter at Robert Siglinski. Follow J.J. on Twitter at J.J. Stankovitz. Wait, there's an underscore in there, right? There's not an underscore. Okay, so at J.J. Stankovitz. Um, just type in JJS and you'll find my name him. will show up. You will up. find him. And then follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Um, I thought there was – maybe it's been a little underplayed, but I thought there was an interesting development. Wow, we're, we have really – hold on. We have really high production value here. There's a, a little Someone's bit of, moving some coffee. Someone's moving some coffee. JJ, I thought there was a really interesting development the past few days, and I must say I'm shocked by it. Um, James Daniels getting some center reps. Mm-hmm. James Daniels – Featuring there more, you know, one of college football's best centers last year for Iowa. I'm really shocked that this happened. Um, what do we make of this? I mean, it's only August 7th. There's still so yeah. much time. This might be the yearly foundations of a Cody that Cody Whitehair move that everybody preordained yeah. back in May. He's got to earn it. 
Um, but I think the opportunity is there for him to earn it. Um, you know, we, we had a chance to hear from Harry Heastan this week, who, you know, talked how he likes about how he likes Eric Cush's reliability. And I covered Harry at Notre Dame his entire tenure there. And I mean, the number one thing that you need to be to play for Harry Heastan is reliable and ideally healthy. And, you know, you'd, Harry Heastan isn't a guy who always wants the, uh, he, he doesn't like he would play guys who were just like solid and he knew he could trust over guys who he might be able to trust. I think that, you know, that was a hallmark of him at Notre Dame. And he's such a good coach because he was able to identify those guys, coach them up while still then, you know, taking the big potential guy and bringing him along. I kind of see the same thing happening with James Daniels and then Eric Cushion or Watford on this offensive line where here he stands. I mean, James Daniels missed a week of practice. And Eric Cush has left a positive impression on Harry Heastand right now. Granted, I, I think there's a lot of game evaluation that still has to take place between now and a, any decision being made. But Thursday is going to be a big day for James Daniels because he probably will get some run at center. The Bears, I mean, Hironis Grisou has been hurt. So you figure James Daniels will get a lot of snaps at center and that's a good thing for him because that it's a big opportunity for him to prove to Harry Heastand that I, he actually can play center and he can be good enough that the combination of five offensive linemen at the end of training camp, at the end of the preseason, I should say, will include him in it. And I don't know if he's going to be able to beat out Eric Cush at guard, but he would be able to beat out Cush by pushing Whitehair to guard by forcing his way into that discussion. Let's say he does start week one against the Packers. Um, that would mean that you had Cody Whitehair get the majority of reps at center in the offseason. That would mean Daniels, while he's comfortable at center, he wouldn't have had that much experience. Um, you, you know, maybe a few preseason games, maybe just a few NFL preseason games. And now Sunday Night Football uh, um, at Lambeau Field. Uh, potential for disaster there? Uh, I, I mean – you know, there's, I, a quick, I think there's a quick shift with their the, moving parts. There's a quick the shift, but, you know, I, I think Cody Whitehair is interesting because obviously 2016, he was going to start a left guard. Very quick, quick shift, and he wound up playing great at center. Last year, he was being moved all over the place from guard to center to guard to center to guard to center, seemingly like every week down here, and he got off to a pretty uneven start. He played a lot better in the second half of the season when he was consistently playing a position, but. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the Bears don't need to – this is tough because I think Harry Heastan's a guy who will he, – he'll take his time to find the five best. He'll do a lot of evaluation. A lot of those drills that he does um, are will ultimately lead him to that point. And I, I think he trusts these guys that he can move them around a little bit and they'll still be good in the end of the day. Um do I think there's a potential for a disaster there? I don't think disaster is the best word. Is, is the best word, but maybe maybe the offensive line doesn't get off to the start that they want, and maybe this group that you know, with all the focus that's been on the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs and the quarterback, if this becomes the weak link of the Bears, that is going to be a problem. So it, it is incumbent on Heastand to figure out the middle of that offensive line and get that set. But he doesn't have to get it set like tomorrow. Maybe by the third preseason game, um, I guess the fourth technically. Yeah. 
is when you might see the the true starting offensive line really come together. They'll have time to come together, and I, and I think the important thing is that they do it quickly within those first few games. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that bears out. Uh, going to Cincinnati on Thursday, mm-hmm. JJ, a fun little road trip. Um, we saw some big performances from some young guys on the fringe of the roster in the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame game. Uh, what should we what should we be looking for this time around against the Bengals? I, so I, I was just kind of curious of what Matt Nagy would, how Matt Nagy would answer this question um, when I asked him on Tuesday about, you know, how much does one game change your evaluation? And, you know, he gave the answer that I expected him to give, but I still kind of, I was just interested to hear how he said it. And he basically said, you know, it, it's obviously one little part of our, of our, well, of our evaluation. The games matter, but one good game or one bad game doesn't mean you're cut or you're on the roster. And I think, especially when, you know, for the Hall of Fame game, it was the only football game going on. There's nothing else to distract us. So all of a sudden now Javon Wims is on the roster and Benny Fowler is off the roster or Chase Daniel is god-awful and terrible and sucks. But, you know, um, Isaiah Irving is going to have 15 sacks. So it's, it's really easy to extrapolate into- that one game and right. take it. I think for this game, you want to see guys like Javon Wims, like some of the pass rushers who played pretty well against Baltimore, you want to see them continue that, continue to play the way that they did, be as productive as they were. Um, You want to see, for the starters, I think them get out of it healthy, first and foremost. Um, How much for someone like Anthony Miller, who this will be his actual first game action? That's going to be good uh, for him. But, look, one way or another, this game is still a learning opportunity for these guys. So if Anthony Miller comes out and he has a dud of a game, He's a bust. He's a bust. That's how it works, right? Oh, yeah, that's how it works, yeah. So, uh, But, I mean, I, I think if he comes out, and no matter what he does, if he has a great game, if he has a dud of a game, it's a good learning opportunity for him. And um, almost, you almost feel like coaches keep saying with him, like, he needs to be patient. You almost wonder, like, if he had a dud of a game and he, you know, plays 30 snaps but only gets targeted twice and has one catch and one drop or something like that, if – like that would almost be like a okay, hey, here's a coaching opportunity. You finally did something bad. Like let's let's work on it. Um, not that I think anyone in there is rooting for Anthony Miller to have a bad game or anything. But what? Uh, KJ, are you serious? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but I think that you know you look at it that way. There are learning opportunities on both ends of things for these guys uh, in Thursday's game, and let's not read too much into what goes on in it. But you can read all about it on, NB- on uh, NBCSportsChicago.com on my side. You can read all about it on your side too, Robert. Thanks, JJ. Um, then last thing, I was just kind of building off that last point. Um, Mr. Biscuit's probably only have really one. Ha- he's really only going to have one series. Yeah, what one should two, we, yeah. what should we be looking from him? So I, I assume we're going to say the same lines of Anthony Miller, but um, it's just about that comfort level. I'm going to, you know, so yeah, I mean the, the only way that I think this game is a, a bad thing for Trubisky is if he does what Mike Glennon did last year in the first preseason game. First play pick six. First play pick six. There is another interception as a quarterback rating of zero. Um, That is something that can probably hurt a player's confidence. That being said, I don't see Mitch Trubisky doing that. Um, I think just for him to to come out there and command the offense uh, is what I think a lot of his coaches, a lot of his teammates just want to see out of him is, you know, okay, we, we, you've, taken the reins of this team for the last six months or seven months or however long it's been. Um, now go out and do it in a game. 
even if it's only for one or two series, just show that command, show that leadership. Go 12 for 12 or 8 for whatever. Eight yeah, for like his yeah. His first preseason game last year. Yeah, fire a bomb to Anthony Miller. And yeah, but just how he commands the huddle, how he understands the offense, how he does all those things, that is going to be what I think defines this game for Mitch Trubisky. This has been, uh, I believe, the 43rd episode of WCG Radio. The John Franklin episode. The John Franklin episode, special edition. Uh, any thoughts on John Franklin, JJ? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I asked uh, Ed Donatel oh, about him okay. today. Okay, go. Yeah, so let's share, share a quick thought then. Um, the, for I, the John Franklin episode. I, uh, I, I, Ed Donatel said he's got such a, what was his line? Um, he, Donatel, I asked Donatel essentially, you know, does John Franklin have any chance? And he was essentially like, he's got such a good soul or something along those lines of like, he's got such a good work ethic. He tries so hard. He didn't play in the hall of fame game on Thursday. So there's only so. so much effort can get you. If you want yeah. to see more of John Franklin, uh, last chance you is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to write about him as long as he's still on the team on uh, Saturday. So I hope he, he's a really nice kid, really good kid. Um, he's a good soul, good soul, but a, a guy who is fighting a real uphill battle to make, any roster in the NFL, let alone a practice squad. The John Franklin episode of WCG Radio. JJ, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Follow JJ on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz. Read his work on NBC Sports Chicago. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Have to go through this housekeeping every time. Thanks for joining us, everybody, from Windy City, or sorry, from Olivet Nazarene University. Signing off. Stay classy. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.